Let's get nuts. Hello, everybody. Oh, whoa. Turn that down. There we go. Always forget to do that. What's happening, guys? Welcome to Film Junkie Live. It is what? What's the date today? I don't even know. 925. I said 925. It is September 25th. And did the Eagles just score right now? See, that's what happens. Monday Night Football, you gotta love that. So, yeah, I always have that on the background now. It's crazy that there's, you know, two games. Oh, okay. Anyways, what's happening, guys? Welcome. Let's talk some uh, movie stuff, some great stuff that's been happening. We got David Goyer talking about the Snyderverse DCEU kind of thing going on that. Talking about Christopher Nolan as well. WGA strikes her over. We got the box office and we got Marty scores. Rolling up the nerd culture again. So, yes, it's just all crazy today, of course. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when I'm doing this stuff and everything. Who is out there? How we doing? All right. Let's see. We got we got uh, X, X-Fire right here. Blue Beetle came out on streaming before it releasing uh, theaters here in Australia last week, but I haven't felt the urge to watch it because I suspect that the film's legacy won't go anywhere with the DCU. But if you want to watch it, watch it. Okay? I mean, I guess if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it, but give it a watch. Nothing wrong with it. Watch it. What's going on? James Noel. Hey, Dave, the DCU is in a hot mess right now. Eh. I mean, everything's uh, everything in Hollywood is in a hot mess right now. So, I mean, I guess you want to put that in there. You know, they are getting a new studio, so I don't know. I don't know about hot mess, but you know, hi Dave. I said uh, James Gunn and Peter have plan. Uh, I rewatch uh, rewatch Smallville. He keeps rewatching Smallville, huh? Huh? So I guess the strikes are ending sooner than expected. Didn't stretch into next year. Huh? This happened last night, man. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Fear Jason right here. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, what else we got? We got Mr. Nobody right here. What's going on with Zack Snyder? I thought he was completely busy with Rebel Moon. Is there news about Zack at DC? No. This is more David Goyer than anything like that, but uh, that's what, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about because David Goyer gave an interview. Jose, what's happening? Yo, what up, Dave? What up, people? Happy Monday. They're already announcing reboots. Time to go back on strike reboots. (laughs) Mr. Venom, Uh, how's everybody been? There you go. We got Miss Stephanie T right here. Good to see ya. Tony Movie Chappie D9, Neil Blomkamp fan. What's happening? Right, Jose Diaz Snyderverse, sell it. Please sell. Please release the air cut. Well, I can't do that, Jose, and I can't sell the the Snyderverse either. Neither can Warner Brothers. So, I don't know who you're trying to tell it to, but uh, I can't do any of that. And Warner Brothers can't sell. They can release the air cut if they wanted to, but they can't sell the Snyder. Okay. Anyways, uh, let's see. Game City Savior. Hey, Dave, every hour of the day, I have good DC comments in my head, but when this stream starts, 99.9% of the time, I have nothing. I really need to start writing them down. That's what that, yeah, you should do that. You should do that. 
All right, we got the bang. Van Zyl right here. Is it a trilogy because it's uh, what WB decided to give us? Because we all know that there are at least three other movies missing. Can a trilogy be incomplete? Is that what I'm trying to ask? Huh? I, I don't even know what you're trying to ask. What are you trying to when it comes to a trilogy? Wrong thing. There we go. Um, are you talking about the DCEU trilogy right now? What's going on? Yeah, the Dodgers one, like I said. I've given up, completely given up on the Giants. They're done. They're done. So it's perfectly fine. Go Dodgers. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Different, uh, different, uh, different uh, of course, ball game right there. Jaspreet, how you doing? That this sounds like Halo music. Yeah, I mean it's just just music I found. What's going on, Mr. Droga? Good to see you, Axel. Uh, oh yeah, we got Jose right here. Good to see you, Ray Fisher, Cyborg movie, Black Adam, please. All right, um, let's see who else we got. Man, we got a lot of comments here. We got Tet right here. Always great to see you. We got Ryan also, I see you there, but I don't know what your first comment was. Um, let's see. It, she doesn't even work for you. I know, she doesn't. She, she really doesn't. Hey, Tony! What's going on, Mr. Tony? Good to see you. You're banned? Uh-oh. Don't ban Stephanie. What are you talking about? Don't do that. You don't do that. Hey, we got your magic here. What's going on? Always great to see you. Sha! Yes, yes, yes. Let's see. We got Legend right here. Always great to see you. I'm just trying to help trying to help Zack Snyder out with the hashtag. Which you should help him out with the hashtag that is Rebel Moon in theaters or something like that. Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon is how you help Zack out when it comes to that. So I'm homesick with gastro. So, oh, God, that's not good, man. That's not good. We got William Powell here. Uh, that sound, the thud. Yes, I already know that. I already know that. I've accepted it. Move on, Dodger fans. Why are Dodger fans like that? Ugh, good God. Or maybe I'm just a different kind of fan because I'm not one of those that are like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, no, I'm just like, hey, you know what? I get it. It's fine. Go Mariners. That's what I'm rooting for the Mariners now, so... You know, it's all good. It's all good. The Dodgers suck in the playoffs. They will likely not win the World Series. Accept that, Dodger fans. And a lot of Dodger fans do accept that. I was even talking with Jose about that, too, that they do accept that, yes, the playoffs, the Dodgers struggle. And again, going by Billy Bean, Brad Pitt, none of it gives a shit unless you win the last game of the season. <laughs> so let's see if they do that. Let's see if they do that. Let's see if they do that, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see like how far the Dodgers are going to go because the Braves are better. I'm just saying the Braves are better. They are just like a crazy team. But again, who knows what happens when it comes to those playoffs. But uh, man, this is a low scoring. There's like low. Okay, no, the Eagles are up 20 to three. So and then we got six to three with the other game. So football is. Rocking and rolling. Hopefully no bad injuries tonight. Hopefully no bad injuries because last week there was a really bad injury that happened to a player in football. And I was like, eesh. So anyway, so uh, I mean, honestly, wouldn't be shocked if they lost the first game. See, Jose is a true Dodger fan. 
He's a true Dodger fan because anytime I talk to a Dodger fan, they always get scared of the playoffs. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just the way it is. Just the way it is. So Gunn does not get it. He doesn't get it. What doesn't he get, Game City Savior? What doesn't he get? Gunn does not get it. The problem is the DC Universe keeps starring. I don't know what you're talking about right there. Come on. All right. Anyways, guys, let's get to uh, let's get to these tweets. Let's see which tweets I uh, picked right here. Uh, well, not that. No, don't do that. Uh, let's see. Let me find the right tab here. All right. Now we got here. Let's see. Anyway, go Expos. <laughs> I love that, Stephanie. That's uh, what the Nationals. I used to be an Expos fan when I was a kid. Man, uh, who was it? Who was my favorite player on there? Danny Martinez? Way a long time ago. Because he looked like my dad. Was it Danny Martinez? Yeah. I had an Expos hat and everything. And the Expos turned into the Nationals, I believe. Is that what happened? I don't know. Uh, Freaking baseball. Goddamn baseball. All right. What are we going to start off? We're going to start off with... I mean, I know we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder, obviously. But we're going to start off with some, uh, some Zack Snyder stuff right here. So uh, here we go. We're going to start off with this because, again, if you guys aren't following this account, do yourself a favor. Follow this account, Zack Snyder Film, because they're just pulling any kind of video that Zack Snyder was in and just kind of just things that we don't know about Zack Snyder. And this is one of the great things about this account, what they're doing. They even found one of Zack Snyder's student films, which I'm going to post that uh, clip when it comes to the vodka stream because I thought that was really cool because we kind of just like watched it and, uh, you know, did some commentary over it. But right here. So when it comes to 300 in Zack Snyder, it says right here, in order to get Warner Brothers to greenlight 300, Zack Snyder made some test footage, test footage, to give the studio a sample of what the movie would look like. Quote right here. Then they said, okay. We're going to give you some money, not a lot, a small amount, which is true. And he did a lot with that small budget, which more directors should be doing when it comes to these uh, types of films. To go and film a scene from the movie, I really just wanted to show them the style of the world rather than a specific moment from the script to say, this is the world it takes place in. So we did the little sort of... 360 degree shot of a Spartan fighting some Persian soldiers. This is just good, good freaking stuff right here, guys. Like, check this out. So this is test footage for 300. We even got the Warner Brothers logo right there. That was added to it. Look at that. That's so cool. You gotta love that. The slow mo and the speed up. He, I mean, he. I mean, come on. This is just freaking beautiful right here. The blood splatter, everything. It's so great. Slow mo, slow mo, slow mo. Die! Free! 
I'm wondering who that was right there. I wonder what the what actor that was. And then look at that, just fit right into the uh, the line right there, the front of the line, the front of the war line right there. Boom. And look at that shot. And then the arrows. 300, baby. So there you go. How we feel about that? How do we feel about that? Huh? That was test. That, I mean, they gave him money to be like, all right, hey, all right, show us what it's going to be all about. And sure enough, that's what it's all about. And then, of course, we've heard Zach even talk about how they pulled off some of the shots, especially when it came to, you know, Leonidas, like just like effing dudes up and they did the zoom in and they created like a certain contraption for the camera. I mean, this is what's so great about the man that is Zack Snyder and the movie that is 300 and how it's just with a small budget. It was like, what, 40, 50 million. It was not a lot of money. And he just did so much when it came to that freaking uh, when it came to that movie. It just he did so much with it and just made it look pretty. Oh, man. But that's just freaking cool. Yes. And I agree. It is a freaking masterpiece. It definitely is. A masterpiece of sorts right there. So, so good. So good. Uh-oh. Stephen Amell. Uh-oh. What happened? <laughs> well, we got to, you know, you have to make the jokes because we did make the joke when it came to Stephen Amell at that whatever con that he was at, whatever convention he was at where he basically gave his stance on the whole SAG after strike. And of course, we're going to be talking about how the WGA has, uh, you know, of course, reached negotiations, which is absolutely fantastic. But when it comes to the actors, they're still on strike. There still has not been a deal made when it comes to SAG after. But yeah, Stephen Amell talked about, uh, you know, and a lot of people are saying, like, well, it must be nice for Stephen Amell because he is in a series that um, is still currently running, but not anymore because apparently Stars canceled it. Yeah, so his um, <laughs> his uh, series heals, and then of course run the world and blind spotting, which a lot of people apparently liked all three of these series. They're not going to be moving forward, which is kind of interesting because a lot of people seem to like these series. You know, regardless of what uh, Stephen Amell said, I don't know if that, that I'm sure it had nothing to do with it, of course. But uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like ouch, that kind of sucks when we got Stephen Amell. Saying that thing, and then all of a sudden he shows up to, you know, to the to the picket line in New York while the cast of Arrow is in L.A. all together, and then now his series is. Uh, I mean, where's that drop? Hold on. Ah, uh, ah, uh, where's it at? Do I have it? Up, 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 up. No, I don't have it. Damn it. Where's it at? Whatever, but. No, that didn't work. Did that work? No. See, my thing's still not working here. What the hell? Here we go. There we go. A little face bomb right there. Man, this thing is not working today. Why is my thing not working? There we go. Little lag with the stream deck. But anyways, I thought that was kind of funny. So I thought I would share it and be like, you know... I mean, next time, just like, go, you know, just, I mean, I know he's got an opinion, but at the same time, it's like, you got to realize that some people are not in the same position that you are, Steven. That's all. That's all. That is it. That is it. Halloween. Okay. So Miramax, 
is taking offers from different studios for the rights to Halloween film and TV projects. You know what I say about this? Hey, can we take a breather? What else can you do with this character? I mean, I guess somebody can come up with something different. And, you know, I, they tried to do something different way back when. I mean, I think a lot of us remember Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which they were trying to be like, hey, let's try to do an anthology series when it comes to Halloween. Now, the only problem about Season of the Witch, which I don't think is a bad movie, it's still kind of, it's creepy, it's weird, and it's a cool little 80s horror movie. But what they should do, if they do like some kind of anthology film, there should be some kind of Michael Myers something involved. There's got to be something Michael Myers within it. If you want to do anthology, do something where Michael Myers is still a presence within it, you know? And I think that's the only issue. But then, you know, then, of course, after Season of the Witch, they just continue to do Michael Myers movies, Michael Myers movies. They brought back, of course, uh, uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Curtis. I mean, they, 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 they brought her back and they were just like, OK, we have her back. But then it was like, OK, they what she was in two movies, H2O and Resurrection. Right. Was he in two movies back then? And then, of course, they brought her back again. But then they were like, hey. Let's ignore all the sequels. This is a direct sequel to the first one, which I'm tired of that. Stop doing that. We don't need to have to, you know, forget about everything else that came before except for one movie. I mean, it seems like they're almost doing that with Saw X. They were saying like, oh, yeah, this movie takes place right after the first one. And I'm like, oh, all right, so we're not, are we not, please say we're not ignoring like all the sequels because the sequels are still there. Don't ignore the sequels. Uh, but yeah, it's all, you know, it's all crazy, but I'm just saying, let's, let's just relax a little bit. Let's just relax a little bit when it comes to Halloween and Michael Myers. There's only so much they could do. The last one, I mean, when it came to the, the Halloween that came out in 2019, I thought it was great. Jamie Lee Curtis was back. She was, she was, uh, fantastic. She was totally fantastic in that. And then all of a sudden it was just like, all right. Then the sequel came and that was really terrible. And then they did the, the third sequel. And I thought, OK, I thought that was kind of cool what they kind of did, like when it came to it, when, you know, they took it like a different direction. But that at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. It's just it just seems like this thing just needs to they just need to relax on Halloween. Unless somebody has a really cool like idea to do, like some, maybe some kind of anthology where there's still some Michael Myers stuff in there. I don't know. Embrace your shitty sequels, people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Embrace the shitty sequels. Imagine they reboot Halloween and ignore the new trilogy again. No, I don't think they could do that because they have Laurie in there, and it was a whole thing. It was a. It was definitely like a whole thing. We don't need to know your th thing doesn't work. Wow. Damn, Jose, you're on a good one right now. You know who knows where cinema is heading? This man right here, he knows where cinema is heading and where it should head. That's right. Denny, deny, Villeneuve, Villeneuve. I don't know, I always say his name wrong. Deny, deny. The future of cinema is IMAX and the large formats. The audience wants to see something that they cannot have at home and they cannot have on streaming. They want to experience an event. Because again, I mean, when it comes to interviewing people that are in Hollywood, they can only interview the directors. And uh, of course, they uh, interviewed 
Danae, Danae, and I'm just saying he's got something here. I mean, look at that big, huge screen that they're going to have, you know, in Vegas with the, the, the whole orb thing. Remember Darren Aronofsky was actually showing some footage on that. It's like, yeah, that's that's where movies are headed. But at the same time, it's like the movie theater experience, I hope, never dies. And again, my idea was, hey, can we please can we please have like not just like the big movies that have, you know, the luxury seats and all the food and the booze and whatever the hell. All the luxuries of those, you know, because obviously that's expensive. Those tickets can get expensive. But can we also have just like the smaller theaters where you could just go to a movie and just experience a movie, get out of your house? I mean, obviously, unless you have an actual movie theater in your house, you're really not going to get the experience. No matter, you know, you're not going to get that movie theater experience. There's something about the movie theater experience, especially IMAX, what he's saying right here. I totally agree. It's like. There's something about that big, huge IMAX screen, especially when you get a giant one. You know, I mean, sadly, the ones around where I live are not, I mean, they're big, but not as big. Like, like when I saw Zack Snyder's Justice League during the full circle event, I mean, that thing was, huge. it was way bigger than what, what's around here. So he's right. He's right. And people should continue to hopefully go. I mean, because it, it is an experience. It is an experience. So hopefully... Those don't go away. But at the same time, I think some people just want to go to the movies and not spend a shit ton. So, hey, have some smaller movie theaters, too. Have some offshoots of these big movie theaters as well. <sighs> it's, it's like, okay, come on, Dave. It's like Denny. But without the S, Denny. Yeah, Denny, Deny, whatever. I don't know. Everybody always says I say it wrong, and I always say it wrong. You know I'm bad with names. Come on. And then look at these guys right here. Aww. Well, hopefully they could. these guys can uh, continue filming soon. But yes, look at the three amigos right here. You got Sean Levy and, of course, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Deadpool 3. They're just having, you know, I guess they're having some, I don't know, probably a healthy meal because this must suck because obviously these two have to be in superhero shape. So they have to continue to be like, all right. I got to continue to eat well so I could fit in the, the costume and look all jacked still. But uh, I thought this was kind of cool right here that they uh, they posted this. Ryan Reynolds posted this just like showing like, oh, yeah, these they're just kind of waiting around, waiting to uh, waiting to waiting for production to continue with Deadpool three. So hopefully that happens soon again. You know, obviously with the WGA, hopefully that'll happen soon. So. Christopher Nolan. All right. So Christopher Nolan is an interesting dude. And we all know this. We've all heard stuff like this. And he's a very intelligent dude. And sometimes when you read stuff like this, you kind of just go like, yeah, maybe I should take a page out of Christopher Nolan's book. Maybe some of us could take a page out of Christopher Nolan's book. I mean, when it came to Oppenheimer, the, the fact that that movie has made so much money compared to the budget and just the budget to the marketing budget, everything. And one of the things is that he delegated that budget. He helped delegate that budget to uh, make sure that his film was going to be something special. And the fact that he wanted to have like the whole, you know, the, every set built and everything. So, and we already talked about that, how like he knew, like it, he helped with delegating where the budget went and still kept the budget for Oppenheimer relatively low so that when, you know, you never knew, you, you never know what, what 
how much profit these uh, movies are going to get. But when it comes to the smartphone and getting away from the smartphone, and this is what I think is pretty freaking cool right here because uh, he's he's explained it, and I wanted to like kind of I saw this on my feed from Christopher Nolan Art and Updates. Just this quote right here talking about smartphones. I actually do read the newspaper every day. That's right. The physical newspaper. He still reads a newspaper, which is fun. I like that. No, I go online plenty, probably more than I would like. I think a lot of us would agree with that. But, I, well, you know, for ourselves. But I do it at a computer in my office. You know, I don't like to be distracted during the day overly. So I don't carry a smartphone with me and all of that rest. But I know I stay very informed as much as I can, you know, through traditional media, through online as well. But I don't do any social media or anything like that. I try not to get too bogged down in the process of feeling connected with the world. It doesn't really take long to do, you know, get up to speed on the news of the day, you know, just to get up on the news of the day. Obviously, you could just read it right in the morning and be done with it. You don't need to spend your entire existence doing it. And I'm very easily distractible. I think we all are. I know I freaking am. I get distracted way too easily and it sucks. So it's better for me to put that in a box and have a particular period of time where I'm paying attention to what's going on outside world, you know, obviously in the outside world. And then I need to focus on the thing it is that I'm doing. And so when I'm making a film, I'm very much, I very much get into a bubble and don't keep in touch with what's going on in the world. But that's sort of the, that's sort of the job, really. I mean, I'm being paid or being entrusted with a budget, which of course we just talked about the budget and how, yeah, you could definitely trust this man with a budget. Um, let's see. But I'm, uh, man, I'm being given responsibility of focusing entirely on this particular film while I'm making it. That's my job. So good job for him, man. I love that. You know? And I wish I could, like, you know, I wish I could ignore my phone, ignore social media a little bit more. But at the same time, it's part of what I do. It is part of what I do. And I'm, like, trying to get, hey, look at that. Watch this. Watch that. Listen to me. God damn it. You know, so, but I, I like that. I like what he had to say right there, and I thought that was pretty cool, you know. That's why this man is the GOAT. That's why he's the GOAT right here, Christopher Nolan. Then look at this. Somewhere in the multiverse of madness. I shouldn't say multiverse of madness because, you know, that's the MCU, but somebody put this together right here. Can you imagine? At one point, before Jim Carrey was cast... As the Riddler in Batman Forever, they wanted Robin Williams. I remember reading this in a magazine. Entertainment Weekly, I think it was. My mom used to get Entertainment Weekly all the time. And every time it showed up, oh, man, you better believe I grabbed it out of the mailbox. I, I was like, yes. I was all about Entertainment Weekly because, you know, back in my day, kids, yes, we didn't have the online like we were just talking about when it comes to Christopher Nolan. And I remember reading a rumor in, I think that, I think it was Entertainment Weekly, Way back when, before Batman Forever, that Robin Williams, of course, was going to be playing, that they wanted Robin Williams to be playing the Riddler in Batman Forever. And somebody put this together, AI, and look at all these shots of Robin Williams. May he rest in peace. But it's just like, it's kind of crazy to think like, man, 
what would have that what 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 would that have been like to have Robin Williams as the Riddler? I think it would have been fantastic. It would have been pretty. I mean, and, and to be honest, it's like Jim Carrey's you know tall, lengthy, skinny. When it comes to like the Riddler costume, like the full Riddler costume, like the the stretchy, that worked for him. And of course, he had the jacket and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, yeah, when it can't when it comes to Robin Williams, they would have taken the more of the the suit. The whole suit approach, I guess you could say. So, I don't know. I, I, I thought that I would share this because I just thought that was uh, pretty cool. Robin Williams as Edward Nygma. This one right down here, though, my God, this is giving me, like, village people vibes. Holy crap. You know, with the leather and, like, the hat and stuff like that. It's like, whoa. But, uh, yeah, may he rest in peace. But I thought that was kind of cool that, that uh, somebody put that together. DC Studios. Okay, so this is good. This is a good sign. And this is something that should have happened a long time ago. With everything that's happening right now, I mean, obviously, some people don't like, you know, they have just a hate boner for James Gunn, which I totally understand. That's perfectly fine. But at the same time, you have to... Being a DC fan, you have to be like, okay, so when it comes to DC Studios and having DC Studios and having an actual studio for these films is a good thing. It's a good thing, no matter what. It's a good thing. And apparently, now, DC Studios will set its primary production hub at Warner Brothers Studios in Leavesden with a plan to expand the location by more than 50% capacity and 10 new sound stages. Construction begins... Quarter two of 2024 and is expected to be completed in 2027. So it's going to be a three-year project. I mean, right now they're just going to do it wherever they, you know, do it. But uh, I remember talking about this and obviously over there it's going to be cheaper than than it would be over here because, you know, in California, the let's face it, the economy kind of sucks over here in California. It does. It's not too great. Um, but hey, what can you do? Um, but I, you know, this is a good thing and it should happen. Now, will James Gunn and David Zaslav and all the people be there by the time this thing is all done and said for, you know, no, who knows? They might not. They might not with, that, with the way things are going right now. But at, at the same time, it's like, you need just have uh, an actual studio for DC studios. Why not? Why not? Have that. Nobody's shooting in California anymore because, my God, nobody would. Too much. Just, I mean, if you try to build something like this, you try to build something like this in California, yeah, it's going to cost way too much, you know, way too much. So, good thing they're doing over there. Why not? Why not? And then speaking of James Gunn, he posted this over the weekend. Just received this stunningly gorgeous absolute edition of Superman for All Seasons, one of my favorite Superman stories and a huge influence on legacy and a strangely perfect perfect bookend with All-Star Superman. The late, great Tim Sales artwork and, uh, I don't know, Bjarn Hansen's watercolor work have never looked better, nor have Clark or Ma or Pa or Pa, Jeff Loeb's, Leob's uh, elegant, confident story still stings. So he posted this right here. So if you want to get some more influence on what Superman Legacy is going to be, you got it right here when it comes to Superman for all seasons. Given a little bit more, given a little bit more 
of what uh, possibly what Superman is going to be inspired by. So we all we all knew that All Star Superman was going to be a, a heavy inspiration, but now we got Superman for all seasons. That's going to be a, a heavy inspiration when it comes to Superman Legacy. It's good. So now you know you know some source material. It's always great to get the source material again. I don't know why Marvel doesn't do it more. They should do it more. Maybe they'll start doing it more where it's like, hey, here's the source material. Seems like one of the things that uh, was incorporated when it comes to James Gunn coming in and DC Studios is they're just letting you know what these stories are going to be sourced from. And that's good. But it was also funny, too, because when because James Gunn actually went to Twitter and posted it. And it was funny because, hey, <laughs> of course, I got, you know, when I just responded with a GIF as I do, yeah, man, somebody was, uh, somebody, of course I got called a snake and there was a gift with a gift with a gun. And I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. So I'm not saying that it was a death threat or anything like that, but it was just kind of funny. It was like, wow, that was an interesting gift, dude. But you know, that's just the way it is, you know? And it was funny. It was like, wow. And it's just like, have you not paid attention? It's like, yeah, I'm not one of those people that hate, hates James Gunn and has a hate boner for James Gunn. I don't. Like he did you have you not paid attention? It's like yeah, and I was just responding to the tweet because obviously that's a very awesome cover. But yeah, I was like oh man, it was called a snake, and they use a gif of of a uh, Jansen. I think it was Jansen Ackles like loading a gun and cocking a gun. It was like whoa. I was like goddamn guys. So then of course I quote tweeted just to put him on blast, and it was funny. It was all great. I don't I don't get uh, I don't get too crazy when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to that, when it comes to nerd people that just like, just don't know what the hell. Come on. Ah, my stupid thing's not working. So let me, oh, I did that again. That's why. Oh, there we go. Put it back. All right, here we go. Gotta love it. Um, Gun doesn't even follow the source material. <laughs> Yeah, you just, you got to find inspiration. You got to find inspiration from the source material. That's all. <sighs> you got to, you got to like, you, you got to just find inspiration. You got to just like find inspiration, just like Zach found inspiration when it comes to the source, when it comes to like sourcing a material, you know, like, like, you know, with BVS and all that stuff. So hopefully that, that's all I can hope for when it comes to what he, what James Gunn is doing, you know? All right, what are we doing? All right, let's get to the topics at hand. So David Goyer, ooh, buddy. What's going on with the football? Everything, Eagles still winning? Ah, they're showing like draft picks right now on, on the screen. So, yep, 25 to 3, so that's good. All right, so when it comes to uh, David Goyer, do you guys check out uh, his interview with um, with Josh Horowitz? We kind of talked about it on the, the Vodka stream. But, uh, you know, it's a good interview. Watch it. Uh, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, obviously. But, you know, one of the first things, you know, talking about being, you know, consistent. I mean, a lot of people give shit to get David Goyer, and it was kind of weird because I was seeing some David Goyer hate on the timeline. And even in, like, group chats, I was like, why I was on the, the hate for David Goyer? What's going on here? You know, obviously, David Goyer's been around for a bit. I mean, he helped with the Blade franchise when that was coming about. I mean, yeah, there was the Blade Trinity thing, which I have a soft spot for Blade Trinity because I enjoy it because I that was Ryan Reynolds' 
audition for Deadpool, it felt like, you know, you watch that and you go like, oh, this is why he got Deadpool. If you just watch this right here. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. But at the same time, it wasn't a great movie. No, um, there he was trying something with Dracula. I mean, let's face it. He's a better writer. He is a better writer than he is a director. And apparently, like even when it came to this interview, he even talked about it like he didn't even like want to do that at first. He is essentially, you know, he's a writer more than a director. I mean, obviously, he's been directing some of the episodes for foundation which is what he was plugging mainly but it was just kind of cool to hear about that and then not to mention he even talked about that at one point after david fincher before he did seven that they were developing blade with david there there was a possibility for a david fincher blade what would have that been like that would have been crazy so but yeah that was one of the things they actually talked about too and, uh, and then, of course, I mean, he even talked about the Blade Trinity experience, because if you watch, if you watch Blade Trinity with the commentary, because he does commentary with Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel, and it's a great commentary track. I thought it was like, I, I actually find it, it's interesting, because apparently Wesley Snipes was not the best to work with. When it came to Blade Trinity, he was not the best to work with. It was really a struggle for everybody. So they kind of make fun of all that, like on the commentary track of Blade Trinity, is the fact that it's like Ryan Reynolds says, oh, yeah, Wesley hated me. He absolutely hated me. And I think, you know, Goyer basically was saying like, yeah, yeah, it was like a struggle. And it was just it uh, depressed him after the movie was all said and done. He got depressed by it. It was like that bad of an experience. Even though he still praises Wesley Snipes, you know, his acting ability. It was kind of crazy to, uh, like, see that part of it. But, and, uh, but then, of course, let's, let's start getting into the Dark Knight stuff. We'll, we'll get into the Dark... Oh, don't do that. An ad, of course, showed up. Let it play. Let the ad play. That's what happens. I don't even know what that ad was for. The Air France. Skin is exfoliating and moisturizing. Jesus what Christ. All right, we'll get there eventually. It was Batman Day Okay, yesterday. there we go. Yay. We're now there. Okay, so we're going to talk about some Batman right here. So listen to uh, what he had to say right here. It was Batman uh, Day. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Batman, Batman Day. Day, of course. A sacred day in the Goyer household, I'm sure. Um, so you, you had said you were aware of him. You were, you definitely saw that he had the goods. He comes to you talking about Nolan. What did he have in mind? He had been given the keys to Batman, but did he have a take already that he said to you, like, I need fleshing out and, and figuring out how to execute this. I remember in our first conversation, he was very interested in doing a naturalistic take, uh, which was the exact opposite of where we'd gotten to with the Joel Schumacher um, you think? <laughs> uh, movies. And um, that in and of itself was kind of revolutionary at the time. He wanted to do an origin story, but uh, he, you know, in the comic books, you, you they, they depicted his parents being shocked. And then, I think in, in, in the comic books, the, uh, Bruce Wayne is in his study and a bat like flies through the window and and then he's just Batman. And they hit in the comics and then even in the movies, they just kind of eluded over all of that. So he was really interested in exploring that. And Batman year one, 
had come out with Frank Miller and Dave Mazzucchelli, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right. And, but he it's was, okay. but I don't even in Batman Year right. One, Bruce Wayne returns to Gotham after having been gone for a year or two. And we just don't know what happened. So he was interested in exploring that period. And that was really inter interesting to me. Uh, and we had an initial conversation and he asked me some thoughts. I think we talked about it for an hour and I, I, I have a bunch of ideas. And then I said, I don't want to do it, which is <laughs> amazing in hindsight. Too and afraid the, to do the, it. The main reason I felt I didn't want to do it was because I didn't believe it would get made. I had had three or four friends that had written Batman scripts that hadn't been made. Boaz Keen had done a Batman Beyond, and, right, right. and Kevin Walker did a Batman. How Superman, many Batman Beyond Mark, scripts are Savage, just like sitting somewhere? Done a I, I, I knew at least four or five people that had written Batman movies that weren't getting made. And I just thought, they're, they're just never going to do it. They're never going to take a big swing and do something different. And Chris went away and then he came back, I don't know, maybe three weeks later, and he said that he met with a bunch of people and that my take or what, it, I don't know if it was take conversation was the only thing that really resonated with him. Would I reconsider and meet with him? And, and that, that's what started that path. That's awesome. See, again, you know, for anybody who's like throwing some some hate at David Gore, it's like, you know, I mean, we wouldn't have gotten that glorious Dark Knight trilogy without him. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. If you question his writing, sure. I mean, I'm not saying he's like the best or whatever the hell like that, but it's just kind of crazy. It's like if it wasn't for him pitching whatever the hell he pitched to Christopher Nolan, we wouldn't have got that glorious Dark Knight trilogy. So... And then, of course, when it came to casting of Batman, they had, obviously, he and Chris had two different choices when it came to casting of Batman. You keyed into the casting process. It's been said that you were... Yeah, yeah. You were, that that Hall was your vote at the time. Was that is that true? Yeah. I mean, initially, Chris... Well, we're still close, but uh, we were... <laughs> Good. Chris was not Chris Nolan, you know. Yeah, yet. he's not the man and, he is now. Um, so in the early days, it was Chris and Emma, uh, his wife, and then Nathan Crowley, who was a production designer, who was in the garage next to us while Chris and I were writing, uh, building early, you know, kit bashing early models of, of the Tumblr and things like that. So it was like Tumblr. the four of us. And we would chat about all sorts of things. And um, there were a number of people that had screen tested it, and and I... I I had advocated for Gyllenhaal. Uh, I mean, Gyllenhaal's amazing. Christopher Bale's amazing. So who knows what? Uh, and then there were a couple of different um, candidates in the running for Raja Ghoul as well. Hmm. Uh, Wait, is the, I, is the war, by the way, that did Daniel Day-Lewis ever get contacted for Raja Ghoul or for Man of Steel? That one always sticks with me. Did they, you guys I, ever I, I, don't, I don't believe he was contacted for Man of Steel. He may have been. I don't remember. Anyway, because it's been a while since I know, we did I Batman Begins. Like, he may have been. <laughs> yeah, this is like uh, early 2000s. I remember having this conversation with Chris between some these two of these candidates uh, for Raja Ghoul, and he said, what do you think? And I said, I vote for... Um, Liam Neeson, he said, why? And I said, because uh, the other candidate wasn't um, as old, uh, was, was a, a contemporary of, of Christian Bale's. 
in terms of age, and Liam was a little older. And I said, the whole story that we're telling is this paternal story, you know, uh, about the, the shadow of his father. And Rajagul, with all the Batman rogues gallery uh, in the Denny O'Neill stories, had this sort of paternal function. He would Makes sense. But Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal is Batman. It's always been on people's fan casts, you know. I've always seen it, even like the new one, even before like uh, Robert Pattinson getting the new Batman role, uh, even when before Ben Affleck got. I mean, it always seems like Jake Gyllenhaal has always been, and we talked about this on the Vox stream a little bit, but to me, to me, to me, when it comes to Jake Gyllenhaal's Batman, I think he would actually look good as Batman. He'd look good in the cow. He'd look good in the suit, and he'd be a great Bruce Wayne. But I don't know. There's something about his voice that just doesn't. But then at the same time, you could do anything when it comes to what, like what what they did with Ben Affleck when when it came to Zack Snyder taking on Batman is like doing the voice modulator. I don't know. But then again, who? Some people didn't even think like, oh, you know. When uh, Christian Bale got cast, like, is that going to be a good cast? I, who knows? But at the same time, no matter who gets cast as Batman, everybody always doubts it. Even though I remember specifically when Christian Bale got cast as Batman, I thought that was a good choice because I was in love with the American Psycho movie. Like, I would just was watching that movie all like crazy because I just loved that movie. And I thought, well, that guy's a great actor. I, I didn't really see him in much else. I mean, I think Reign of Fire came out like a, a year or so after it. And I just, so when I caught wind that Christian Bale was going to be Batman, I actually was hyped for that choice. It's kind of funny, you know, because obviously, you know, back in the 80s, people didn't like the fact that Michael Keaton got cast. Uh, and then in Kilmer, I don't even know how that people felt about that because obviously that was pre-internet, Clooney, I mean, all the... Nobody likes anybody who's cast as Batman, but Gyllenhaal was always like an interesting choice, and it always seems like he gets brought up when it comes to uh, the casting of Batman. How are you guys feeling about that? How are you guys feeling about Gyllenhaal? And we got Mama Film Junkie here, too. Good to see you. I like John Hamm. John Hamm's a little too old now. I thought John Hamm would be a good replacement for Ben Affleck if they were still going to go for the older Batman, but could Gyllenhaal do the gar gargly voice. I, he would do his own take on the voice for sure. And it's kind of funny too, because when you watch Batman Begins, it's like Bale doesn't have that voice fully yet. I mean, he's, he has it a little bit, but Dark Knight, that's where it gets really like over the top. He must have friends, you know? So, but I mean, that scene where he lifts up, what's his name? Where are the drugs going? Swear to me. The voice is perfect right there. But yeah, for some reason, like when it comes to Dark Knight, it gets a little over the top there, Christian. Just a little bit. All right. Moving along. We won't talk about that. Future Batman. No. Let's talk about, let's let's fast forward to the whole Man of Steel thing right here. So David Gore. Uh, good God. Make it That's how they get you. Damn it, Horowitz. All right, so, all right, let's go ahead and uh, let's get to the point where obviously we got David Goyer talking about Man of Steel. Ugh. Man of Steel came out of Writer's Block on Dark Knight Rises. Man of That's Steel true. came out of Writer's you know Block. The, like, That's crazy. Do you know what the problem was in Dark Knight Rises? I, presumably you solved it. It was a third, yeah, it was a third act problem. I don't remember exactly. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but we were just stuck. We were blocked and... Talk about Dark Knight Rises. Okay, let's just take a week off. And, or Dark Knight. And see if anything dislodges. And 
you know, I was sitting in my home office and nothing was dislodging. And I went back and reread all, you know, a volume of the first action comics. And then I, I wrote maybe a three page outline for a Superman story. And I, we met with Chris and he said, did you crack? And I said, no, but I have an idea for a Superman movie. Nice. And uh, he said, well, let's hear it because we all procrastinate. And I procrastinate daily. uh, I would produce that if you want me to. Do you want to see if we can make it? And I said, sure. And in the same meeting, he called up the head of Warner Brothers and said, Goyer has a pitch for Superman. We should do this. Can we come in and speak to you tomorrow? And we did. And then it was on. And then he was like, now you really have to figure out the problem with and write this other thing. But that was super surreal. Yeah. Was there was there ever a moment where he was going to direct, or you would even throw yourself out no. there to direct? No, no. nope. He because he was still had to direct Dark Knight Rises. Right. And did you hear I that? Right, let's ready. hear that again. Let's hear what he. Let's rewind that. And write this other thing, but that was super surreal. Yeah. Was there was there ever a moment where he was going to direct, or you would even throw yourself no. out there to direct? No, no. He because he was still had to direct Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Right. And. I was just not ready for, you know, I had never intended to go on and direct Blade 3. See? And I knew I wanted to direct again, but that I wouldn't have taken on a challenge like that yet. And so that's, then I've been doing a lot of TV and I directed a lot of the Foundation episodes right. and and, and um, things like that. But no, 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 no way. And I, I promise, in case you're worried, we will get to the foundation. The problem is oh, no, no, it's re- fine. with your resume. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about I know. He's got a resume. But yeah, it just kind of shows you right there. It's like, yeah, they never really intended. Like, yeah, Christopher Nolan didn't want to do it. David Gore didn't want to do it. So it's like, all right, let's start looking at directors. I mean, obviously, like we've always talked about, it's always great that Zach got the phone call. But of course, he was not the first one that they were uh, thinking about when it came to directing Man of Steel. Hey, damn it, David, you've done too much. I can't just yeah. gloss over Man it's of Steel. It's all good, it's all okay. good. Okay. So did were you sold on Zach immediately as the right guy for that job? Obviously the man can create visuals like no one else. Did he get it? Yeah, he get can. Your, the gist of what you were going for? Did you guys vibe immediately? Because obviously you, you worked together again on, on BVS, so that clearly was working. Did. He did. I mean, it was a d- very deliberative process. Chris met with, I want to say about five directors. Five directors. Crazy. It, it came down to Zach and another um, director. Who's that director? Um, and, and it felt like Zach was the right, the right call. And I think Zach was the right call. Um, yes, he was. And it was really exciting that the fact that Zach wanted to shoot that movie handheld, which was... The handheld? I just thought a brilliant idea. It um, was. I didn't like it at first. I will say that. Interesting in the Elseworlds version of what could have, should have been. See, here we go. Should have been. Could have been. Here we go. Chris had also met with Tony Scott, so there was there's what? a version of a Tony Scott Man of Steel in some parallel universe that, uh, and I just think Tony Scott is he doesn't give get as much credit as he should be given as because he was an phenomenal director as tony scott may he rest in peace can you imagine that a tony scott 
Man of Steel, that would have been different for sure. I mean, a lot of rotating shots. He was very much about the whole, like, you know, rotating around. He had this, like, signature shot that was, like, rotating around. If you watch any kind of Tony Scott. But, I mean, can you imagine a Tony Scott Superman movie? That was considered at one point. That was considered at one point. Just crazy. Crazy. So, there you go. You heard it from him. His brother. Um, and that's just a movie I would have also loved to have seen. Was Tony Me into too? it? He was, he was game? Yeah, and I don't know exactly what was going on. I mean, he passed away relatively soon after that. But um, that just, as a, as a parallel Elseworld story, yeah. I think that would have been really interesting. Were you, were you guys, and I'm sure you're sick of talking about the killing of Zod, but were you surprised that oh, here we go. became? Did you know in your heart of hearts, like, oh, this could touch a nerve with the fanboys and become like just a... No, I, I guess, but again, this was like, it just felt what's right, right for the story. And the idea that Superman doesn't kill is a, it's, it's not canon in the comic books. I mean, it, it's like, it, it, it's, it's this idea that came out later and it just felt, um, the, the whole the whole point of it was this is a story about him becoming Superman and understanding yes, and trying to figure himself uh, out the import of, of who and what he is and what yeah. it means to the world and 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 stumbling and and grappling with this. And so I wish fucking other nerds would realize that it's like Superman would never do that. It's like this is Superman's first fucking go. Shut the fuck up. You know, it's like one of those things. That's what's so great about Man of Steel is he's fighting another Kryptonian in his rookie year, okay? If you want to compare it to sports, my God, how you don't know shit. Like the whole thing where like, oh yeah, he just chucks like a whole, you know, gas tanker and he just lets it blow up. It's like, yeah, he didn't think, ah. Uh, but that's what was so great about that. Um, and, and then having done that, deciding I can't, I, I have to make sure that that, that just never happens again in, in any possible way. And so I think that the, look, people can debate and debate whether or not we should have done it, but I felt for that story that we were telling, and Chris felt the same, so did Zach. Here we go. That that was the right way to go, which was a much more, air quotes, realistic take on Superman. Right. Um, you know, there's a, there's a scene I wrote. Here we go. Dead. All right. Uh, so this was something right here. This was kind of like when this was being passed around, I was like, okay, so like, obviously the big thing about, you know, I mean, obviously right there in the chat, you know, as they tell that the Zod snap neck and a lot of people just still are upset about that. And it's kind of funny because sometimes it's like, you know, for us, we love Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel and everybody, you know, usually that's here, like loves Man of Steel. And we understand why, what Superman needed to do. We didn't care that he actually did it. But there was a scene at one point that, yes, that they put in there to just kind of help those people along, those purists, I guess you could say, if you want to call them purists, or I don't know what you want to call them. Uh, but yeah, superist, I guess. But they, they, that, that, that don't like it. But, but, but listen to this right here from Goyer. I never made it into the movie. It, it was a flashback with Jonathan Kent in which Jonathan is taking um, Clark out hunting. And, and they, they kill a deer. Uh, Clark, I think he's like 12, fires and he, and he 
and he misses. So what, he doesn't miss. He hits the deer, but it's not a kill shot. And it, and and the deer's suffering, and his father has to finish the deer off. And it's um, and young Clark is incredibly shaken by it. And and they have this conversation about the oh. responsibility of taking a life. And I just felt we we had to cut for time, also for budget and. I've, I, I've always wished that scene could have made it in the movie because I, I, I felt like that was also a bit of a tee up into right. what and happens. That's thematically the what's going on. Totally. Exactly. Totally. Are you- oh, so there you go. It's like one of those things where it's like you had a scene that was setting up uh, the climax right there. So, me, did I need that scene? No. But if that scene was in there, cool. Absolutely cool. You know, so it's like it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, you set the foundation, but uh, but at the same time, it's like, I, did I need it? Not really. I was perfectly okay because I understood, because I understood the story that was being told when it came to Man of Steel, and a lot of us understood the story. But yeah, some of those uh, people out there that are like, no, my 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 Superman would not do that. They might have like maybe been like, okay, maybe I maybe I get it now. Maybe I get it now. So, but anyways, now on to like when he talks about the Man of Steel sequel and not just jumping into the whole expanded universe kind of thing. That's what he's going to be talking about right here. You, in retrospect, of course, then you collaborate on BBS and a lot of the fans, you know, there's a lot of dialogue about like what went down with Cavill and the run of him and Superman. And I think a lot of us felt like, oh, where was that solo Superman sequel? Like we always wanted it. In retrospect, I don't know, it's, it's easy to say this now, but should there have been a solo Superman story before BBS? Did, was there a rush to kind of throw too many, yeah, many characters in there? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. And I, I, I just think, I know the pressure that we were getting from Warner Brothers. What? They don't do that. Our MCU. We need our MCU. And, right. and I was one of the people that was just saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not run before we walk. Like, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, they were very methodical in the way we built it. We just can't jump, you know, into all of these things. But the other thing that was really difficult at that time is, um, you know, th- there was this revolving door of executives. This, both this. Warner Brothers and DC. And it just felt like every 18 months, someone new would come in and someone new would come in and someone new would come in. Right. And we were just getting whiplash. And and then just, and, and every new person that would come in, like, we're going to go bigger. And I remember at one point, um, the person that was running Brothers at the time had done this big release where they had pitched like these 20 movies over the next 10 years. 20! Twenty None movies of which were written yet, and like it was just so crazy <laughs> how much guy with the ball cap just being built, you know, on air. And I just it for me that some some of the stuff that was going on in that time was just an example of like this is not how you build a house, right? You know, was was but, oh, I love that this is not how you build a house. Freaking love that. See. Right there. That should be James Gunn should put that on DC Studios. This is the, <laughs> it's like 
it's not how you build a house. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying like, you know, and I'm hoping that James Gunn knows how to build this house because obviously back then they were like trying to rush to it. But then at the same time, again, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing that I feel because when I look at Zack Snyder's Justice League trilogy, Man of Steel, BVS, and then of course Justice League. I just love that trilogy so much. And what Zach did with it, with Goyer and with Terrio, obviously Terrio got brought in, and Goyer wasn't. I don't. I don't think he really had any part when it came to to Justice League. But just the fact that they built something from that pressure that they got from Warner Brothers, I still kind of go like, ah, but I love it so much. But at the same time, I also agree with David Goyer here that yes. That's not how you do it. That's not how you build a fucking house. Not how you do it. But they did it. Was there a, was there a Superman story in your head that you would have liked to? Yeah, there, 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 there was. And, and uh, but it's woulda, shoulda, coulda. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Anything you can tease of what it was? No. Uh, I just think it's bad form in that case. It's it, like it's one thing to talk about a scene that I wrote for a movie that did come out, but I don't know. I just think it's good. bad form. <laughs> so uh, what, what's what's it like now looking kind of from the outside in? You've kind of made it seemingly a conscious effort. You're still working with some ginormous IP. We're about to talk about Foundation, but you've made so much of your career in superheroes and comic books. Do you feel kind of like, have you cleansed yourself? Or are you like, I'm, I have some distance. I can watch others kind of play with the toys now? Yeah, yeah. Good, three good sons. for him. We don't, they didn't even know what I did for a living for a while. We don't have any stuff from my film or TV shows in the house. Um, it wasn't until we were filming Man of Steel that my two oldest sons, they, they, they went, uh, they were on set for some of it, that they even knew what I did. Dad would just go away and they had no idea. And we, we, we walked out of Man of Steel and they were like, wait, what? What do you do? You know? <laughs> it's but awesome. they, of their own accord, became huge sort of Marvel and DC comic book readers. And it just so happens that their, their dad knows a shit ton about all that stuff. And so they, they lucked out in that regard. And I, I, Personally, I don't ever want to touch a superhero movie or TV show ever again. So uh, there you go. Because I've just done it too much. I think right. I, I did it too much. But I can absolutely enjoy it as a fan with them. I mean, we, we see all the movies. We see all the MCU movies, all the MCU shows. And, and you know, some we like, some we don't. We dissect them. And... Um, and that's... It's just funny because they just came to all of that stuff you know, on their own. And my, it's also interesting, like my 13 year old is reading a lot of the current, uh, for whatever reason, a lot of the current DC comics. And I'm just way out of touch on all of that. <laughs> like I just, like completely He's out working of touch. On In this case, sometimes he's asking me about characters that didn't exist 10 years ago, but right. um, I'm better at my Marvel lore, believe it or not. Whoa, just, better at the Marvel lore. How dare you, sir? Traitor! Anyways, no, just kidding. There you go. There's David Ayer right there, guys. There's David Ayer right there talking about all that stuff, talking about working with Christopher Nolan and the Dark Knight trilogy. And then, I mean, it, it's such an interesting thing because, you know, I like Goyer. Um, I think he's a, a smart writer. He knows his stuff. But, yeah, not everything's going to always work. Um, and you know, when it came to Blade Trinity, it's like things worked, 
and things didn't. You know, it's it's and when he ended up directing it, I mean, he even heard it from me. He didn't even want to direct it, but it, but apparently it was just he was tasked to do it, and it was a miserable experience that he talked about too. Um, it's all just pretty crazy when it comes to. But you know what? I respect the man. Didn't he also do uh, Dark City? Right? He did Dark City. He, uh, I think he wrote that one, right? So he's good with even original stuff. Like Dark City, I think it was uh, David Goyer. Somebody correct me on that. Is that correct? Because I love that fucking movie. Uh, such an original, awesome, great movie right there. So I'm just like, yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Good stuff. It's good stuff. It's a good interview. I'm like that he. Uh, I like that he said all that. Uh, we got Lane here. Dave is still drunk from the Dodgers game. Oh, are you a Goyer hater too, Lane? Do you hate Goyer as well? Is that why you're saying that? Um, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Goyer though, well, no Man of Steel. Just saying. Um, and the whole start of all that. He also rewrote Freddy versus Jason. Okay, thank you, Nerd Mastermind. Thank you for that. Um, so man said. Did I say David Ayer? Oh, I said Ayer. Is that why I said that? Ah, okay. So I said David Ayer. That's what happened. Yeah, Ayer, Goyer. It's kind of like, if you think about it, I mean, there's that Oyer, Ayer, Oyer, Ayer. Stop giving me shit. Anyways, okay, that's what you said. So you agree with me that Zach's faced extremely bad faith criticism for years? Oh, okay, you're talking about Jose right there. So David Goyer, not David. I said David Ayer. My bad. Um, it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so good interview right here from Goyer. And uh, I like what he has to say. But again, it's just like it's it's one of those things where it's like I totally agree that there should have been a Man of Steel sequel and they slowly should have built the universe as opposed to just like going right into it. But I think what Zach did and even with the help of Goyer and then the help of Terrio, what he did to make that trilogy, which is like nine and a half hours of Snyderverse right there, I... Just love it so freaking much. I love it so much. I love it so much. So that's all. That's that's just where I kind of go like, man, so what would have been, you know, Man of Steel sequel that would have started because obviously they already started laying like the cement down in Man of Steel because we had the Wayne, you know, we had LexCorp. We saw the LexCorp logo twice. We saw the, the, the Wayne satellite. So we saw all that. So I'm kind of wondering how slow they would have tried to build it as opposed to just diving around. I mean, we all know Zach has even said it that, oh, yeah, I just I just brought up in the in a conference meeting. Like, why don't we just do Batman? You know, if like if we if they want us to expand the universe quickly, why not have the villain of the Man of Steel sequel be Batman? Because technically he was. But of course, then naturally it was not. And it was just going to lead to that. But for the most part, it was going to be that. And, you know. I'm actually glad for that because, again, it's just I love BVS so much, you know, so. But, you know, not everybody's like that. So, anyways. Yeah, all right. <sighs> Let's talk about that WGA. Did I bring up that article? No, I did not. Hold on. WGA. Let me, let me, I forgot to do that. Hold on a sec. That was the only one that I forgot to bring up. So, here we go. All right, I'm just going to bring up this screenshot right here. But anyways, 
Celebration, celebration. Ah, we're getting close, guys. Thank God. You know, it's kind of funny because anytime I, I like talk to somebody about it, you know, I have my my buddy who uh, works in that world. He was, of course, doom and gloom and thought it wasn't like that. These negotiations weren't going to happen until like next year. And then I talked to the other people. They're like, oh, it's going to happen in October and whatever the hell. Now, of course, the SAG-AFTRA, the actors, they're still not quite there yet. But hopefully soon they'll get there. But at the same time, too, it's like, well, you know, hopefully like when it comes to these deals that they're not just bowing down to these overlords. I worry about that, like when it comes to this. But the sad fact of the matter is it might be that, you know, where they're just like some of the demands. They might have only got half the demands. I don't know. But anyways, when it comes to at least um, this right here, here's a screenshot when it comes to the WGA contract 2023. Dear members. We have reached a tentative agreement on a new 2023 MBA, which is to say an agreement in principle on all deal accounts, all deal points, subject to drafting final contract language. What we have, what we have won in this contract, most particularly, everything we have gained since May 2nd is due to the willingness of this membership to exercise its power to demonstrate its solidarity to walk side by side, to endure the pain and uncertainty of the past 146 days. Crazy how long that went. It is the leverage generated by your strike in concert with the extraordinary support of our union siblings that finally brought the companies back to the table to make a deal. We could say with great pride that this deal is exceptional with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. Yay! Let's let's do uh, what, 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 uh, where's it at? Come on. So there you go. I mean, hopefully, who knows? Like I said, we're only just getting whatever the hell the media is going to you know, give us. And, but hopefully this is all absolutely true. I mean, sometimes, again, you know, you hear things about, yeah, they didn't get everything. This is not the, the thing that they, you know, who knows? But like all right, right now, all I'm seeing is this. Writers are back. So we got writers. We got directors. Directors, of course, already had their deal. Now we just get got to get the actors, which... It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult when it comes to the whole residuals thing and the streaming thing. It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult because there's just so many freaking actors um, and everything. So I hopefully that is going to like wrap up soon. That's going to be the next thing. But this is great. And uh, now we're going to start. I mean, at least there's going to be, you know, writing's going to be uh, happening. Scripts are going to start getting. I mean, I'm sure some of these writers were writing scripts during this whole thing. And now they're going to be like, hey, I can actually like pitch it or whatever the hell now. And then, of course, when it comes to. DC Studios, I mean, if we're going to talk, go back to the DC stuff, it's like, obviously, we got Creature Commandos and Superman Legacy already written, already done, already ready to go. Now they can get somebody on Brave and the Bold, which I'm sure Muschietti is going to be a part of that and whatever the hell. Uh, and then whatever is going to be also part of that, uh, also part of the also part of the DCU uh, new slate right there. So. Good. We're glad. Now we just got to do those, you know, just got to have the actors come about. We just got to have the actors come about. So why can't I? Eh, 
fix that damn thing. Hold on. Where am I going? Here we go. There we go. I got to fix this. But anyways. Okay. Box office. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, we got Expendables 4 right now. Anybody going to go see some Expendables 4? No. I don't think so. Doesn't look like anybody's excited about it. That's right. Sorry, Sly. Not going to happen. That's my Sylvester Stallone impression and my Jason Statham impression. It's not that good. It's really not that good. But I did notice that, yeah, that, I mean, it seems like Stallone was trying to give, you know, Jason Statham, like, he's the head guy. You look on the, the banner, the poster, he's leading the force. It's like, we're going to hand, I'm going to hand it off. I didn't see the movie. I thought about seeing it on a Thursday, but I was like, eh. I don't know if any of you guys saw it when it came to the ex, uh, Expendables, but man, it just seems like now, like, yeah, nobody really gives a shit anymore. It, they, they, they don't. They don't. And yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously they couldn't promote it. There's a lot of things, obviously, when it comes to what's happening right now in Hollywood. So that didn't help either. I mean, obviously, we didn't get the press junkets when it came to Stallone and Statham, you know, just coming, you know, showing up and promoting it. But I think a lot of people kind of just got got tired of it because as, as much as they're just like guilt free, brainless, whatever action films that are fun to watch. They can be fun to watch. It seems like as they went, it got it got more and more B-roll, I guess you could say, with each sequel. It got more and more B-roll. It really did. But at the same time, it's like, then it's like, who else can you get? You already had the big heavies in there when it came to Willis, Schwarzenegger, Norris, Chuck Norris showed up, Jet Li. I don't know if even Jet Li is in this one, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it's like, who else do you got? I mean, you had Van Damme, you had... Did Mel Gibson show up? I don't even know if he did. Did he? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, who else could you actually get into this? I mean, they brought in Megan Fox. Oh, boy. I mean, I mean, she probably looks good shooting a gun, I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, didn't exactly do it. Didn't exactly do it. Uh, but here we go. Here's the box office right there. Didn't beat the nun, too. In its second week. Or third week, actually. This is the nun's third week. And it's still number one. This is what's crazy about it. But yeah, the Expendables are the, uh, how are we saying it? The Expend Forbles. The Expend Forbles only made $8 million. <laughs> Didn't even get released international. It's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. So let's just uh, type in Expendables. And let's start looking at, uh, let's start looking at the other ones right here. So, we got the first one that came out 13 years ago. Let's see, where did that debut? It debuted domestic opening at 34.8 million. So, that was the domestic right there, and it made 274 with an $80 million budget. Not too shabby, of course. Then you had the Expendables 2. It, uh, let's see, it uh, domestic opening 28.6. And it ended up with 314.9, had a $100 million budget. And then he had Expendables 3. So they kept on getting, you know, the opening kept on getting lower and lower. But the second one made the most when it came to the box office. This made 214, 214.6. And uh, they don't have a budget listed right here. So yeah, just not good. Not good for the Expendables right there at least when it comes to comparing it to the rest of the franchise i am uh yeah i'm guessing that there's not going to be a fifth expendables 
So there you go. But yeah, the nun is just, you know, again, horror is killing it still. And uh, it is currently sitting at 204.5. I can't imagine that the budget is that is that much. Probably not that much when it comes to that. But The Nun is uh, killing it. Horror movies are still killing it. And we're definitely in horror movie season. So good on good on that. And then, uh, yeah, pretty much there's not really much else to talk about. The Haunting at uh, Venice. It's only at 74. But, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, Expendables franchise, probably done. Probably done, but, you know, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it had its time. It should have just been a trilogy. It was it, it, it was a thing, and it went 13 years, and now it doesn't need to be a thing anymore, essentially. You know, you had all the heavy hitters show up in it, at least most of them. No Jackie Chan. They should have had Jackie Chan in there somewhere. That would have been sweet. If Jackie Chan would have made it, that would have been sweet. Uh, you know, I was always like wondering if like Jackie Chan was going to show up in the Expendables franchise. Sadly, he didn't. But, hope you know, maybe they'll, if they do do a fifth one, which I, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe that would have been the case. Or maybe Jackie Chan's just done doing action films because he's got hurt a lot. He's got hurt a lot when it comes to that. So he needs to just relax. But who knows? All right. Marty Scorsese. Marty scores. Marty scores. Rallying up people again. <laughs> Can people stop asking? Uh, don't. Martin, Martin Scorsese. It, it's such a weird thing. It's a weird thing when it comes to the Martin Scorsese thing because it just seems like it's a thing that happens every couple of months, right? We hear about Martin Scorsese being interviewed and somebody has to ask him about comic book movies, superhero movies, cinema, where it's at right now. And of course, he's going to give his opinion, which he has every right to do because he's Martin fucking Scorsese. And he's going to have an opinion on it. And we have to listen to the opinion of Martin Scorsese because he's Martin fucking Scorsese. Okay, he's made some iconic films. He's made some fantastic films. Some of my favorite fucking films. So, of course, naturally, being where we're at right now, where only directors seem to be getting, like, the big interviews, mostly, mainly, he got interviewed by GQ. And if you read the whole thing, do it. And we're not going to go through the whole thing. Obviously, we're just going to go through some bullet points when it comes to Marty Scores talking about this right here. So here's the article. Ah, there he is. Look at that old wrinkled face. That is a close-up of him right there. Martin Scorsese, I have to find out who the hell I am. He's still trying to search for who the hell he is. God damn. I mean, I'm way younger than him. We're all way younger than him. If Martin Scorsese still hasn't found out who he is, there's no hope for us. Now 80, the legendary director is one of the most creative runs of his career and consumed by challenges and opportunities of all that he has left to do. So it's great. It's a good interview. Like I said, watch or read it. For years, Martin Scorsese would ask himself, what will happen when I get old? And he's going to continue to do things until he can't do it anymore. He's not retiring. He's not doing anything like that. Here's a quote. I don't really belong there. When it comes to the Academy, Scorsese said, and when his relationship to the Academy, I don't know if I think like them. I just mind my own business here, which is great. It's good. Got to love that. He did say something, too, about, you know, Obviously, when it comes to uh, one of his best films, one of my favorite films of his, there he is right there looking like 
here's my here's what I look like normal. Here's what I look like laughing. But it is kind of funny because, of course, and of course, because Warner Brothers will always Warner Brothers. It's what you know. Well, it's not even Warner Brothers. It's all studios will do this. But when it came to the departed, when it came to the departed, they they did not want Scorsese to kill off some of the characters because they wanted sequels. They wanted sequels to the departed. Like what? You wanted a franchise out of the departed? What? That's ridiculous. So he did talk about right, that, that right there. Here's a good quote right here when it came to this interview. As a young boy, he says, watching films came out of necessity from the illness of, of, uh, of asthma. He had asthma. It probably still does. And it came out of loneliness, which I still have. So even at 80 years old, he still has loneliness. It's like, ah, just, <laughs> you're just kind of like, man, can you, you know, Give us some inspiration here. Tell us it's going to be okay, Martin, Marty. Tell us it's going to be okay. So, yeah, just read through the whole interview. They talk about everything. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to go through it. I'm just kind of showing you the pictures. That's a funny picture of him right there. You see, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I would love to have a conversation. It seems like if you were to have dinner with Martin Scorsese, it would just be like, I would just, you just let him talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Just let him talk. Just let him talk and just talk and talk. And he could probably talk all freaking night. But of course, the biggest thing that riled up all the nerd culture and nerd people out there. And there was a quite a discourse. There's quite, of course, there's always a discourse. Anytime he says something was the fact that he's like, we got to fight against the CBMs. You got to support movies like movies that are made by Christopher Nolan. And of course, it's like, but Mar 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 Marty, Marty, he created a Batman trilogy that everybody compares every other CBM to. You realize that? You, I mean, I, I get it, though. I get it. I get it. I get it. I totally understand why he's using Christopher Nolan, because look what Christopher Nolan just made. Oppenheimer, which, of course, is like, you know, it's unbelievable that, that that movie is doing that well. And, and then, of course, when it comes to award season, it's going to do even more. You know, it's going to just be taking in all the awards like crazy. But the fact that it's just doing that at gangbusters at the box office. So I kept on seeing that. We're like, wait a minute. I think even Scott Derrickson posted about it, too. And he got kind of dragged a little bit. It's such a weird thing because it's Martin Scorsese. So... You know, obviously, film Twitter is just going to be like, yeah, Martin. And then they're going to say, fuck, you know, Marvel, fuck Marvel Studios. Or, you're the ruining cinema. But at the same time, I'm just like going, we can have both. We can have both people. And even when it comes to Martin Scorsese, it's like, yeah, it's like, OK, you can fight against the, the CBMs or uh, these types of movies, your Fast and Furious movies or whatever. I'm kind of wondering, did he say anything about Barbie? Who knows? I don't know if he's seen it, but he probably would like it, maybe, because it was something different. And it's, of course, blowing up. But I'm just saying, it's like we can have both. You can have your popcorn flicks and you can have your your other your, your films, your cinema, your right here. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, even George Lucas at one point when he was talking about Star Wars, it's like he rallied against like some of the things like when it came to what he learned in film school. It's like, no, that's not how you do it. I mean, no matter what, it's just, hey, we can have both. We can have both. And we don't need to drag Martin Scorsese in the mud just because he made fun of your precious you know, CBM movies, you know, CB, CBM movies, CBMs. That's like saying ATM machine. Um, 
you know, we could, we, we could, you, just because he said something about it, we don't need to make a big fuss. It's Martin Scorsese, okay? He is film royalty. He could say whatever he wants, but at the same time, what I disagree is, is we could have both. We don't have to rally against that. We could still have that because people like to go to the movies and they'll even say like, this is so cinematic, which it can be because, you know, if somebody's putting a picture, a moving picture up there that is beautiful and gorgeous and is telling a story. And even though it might be low brow and just not have a lot of substance, it could still be something that somebody goes home and can't, and they want to talk to their friends about or something like that. That's what it's all about, but we could have that. But at the same time, yes, where are we at right now when it comes to 2023? The biggest movies this year are not CBMs. They're not. They're different movies. Oppenheimer being one, and I think this is why, mainly why he threw Christopher Nolan's name is because he, Oppenheimer is just like, well, how is this movie almost, it's like, it came so close to a billion dollars. People were just driving out to go see this movie because it was being talked about, word of mouth, it was all crazy. Hopefully we can get more like that. And I love it. I love the fact that we're kind of getting a breather from all the CBMs. As much as I like to go see them and talk about them or whatever, I like we're getting a little breather and we're having like these other movies from these other talented directors that are just like making some cool shit. And like, like I said, horror movies are just doing, they're just, they're doing great when it comes to box office to uh, box office and budget, they're making they're making like four or five times their budgets and they're making profits. And these movies are just just killing. I just love that that is also that's actually been happening since last year, which is great. So you could agree with Martin Scorsese, you could disagree, but the, still the fact of the matter is it's still Martin Scorsese, and it's great. I just hope that he's. When he saw, talks about that, he's still lonely. It just kind of makes you it's like, oh, man, you want to be friends? You want to be friends, Mar Marty? Marty, we could talk. I mean, you know, you want to come on here? Come on the stream. We could talk. We could do that. We could be friends. I don't want you to be lonely, Marty. I don't. You know, we all get lonely, but hey, I don't want you to be lonely. But anyways, Martin Scorsese's awesome. It's great. But yeah, you could disagree. Like, I, I feel like we could have both and we don't need to, like, get rid of one to have the other. I think we could just have both. I mean, it's kind of funny, too, because when it comes to uh, taxi driver or like like when it comes to like something like taxi driver. Right. Um, Robert De Niro apparently is going to be reprising his role and for a commercial for Uber. And Paul Schrader was like. Not having he's he yeah, but Paul Schrader is one of those like fuck everything kind of thing kind of guy. And he was like, hopefully he doesn't see it. He doesn't even want to see the commercial, you know, when it comes to him. So he's like, Egh. yeah, he's Egh on it. Makes me sad. I'd hang out with him. Yeah, no, right. The fact that he says that he's still lonely. I'm like, God, man, it's like, I mean, we all we, we all get our, you know, we all get lonely. We all get lonely. No matter what, no matter where you are, no matter how many friends you have or anything like that, we all feel that every now and again. I know I do. I feel like, you know, I'll feel like that. But at the same time, and you know, you do, I mean, you reach out and then you always have like that one friend that's always going to respond or whatever the hell. I mean, I, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I can, I, I can understand like somebody 
where he's at. I mean, I'm sure he, you know, getting praised a lot when it comes to Hollywood, but at the same time, maybe it's just, it's still kind of a lonely existence. I mean, it can be, I guess, you know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. I see both sides since I support certain franchises, but Scorsese is also from a different time. Per- yeah, exactly. He's from a different time period. <sighs> if what Scorsese says bothers you, you're probably part of the problem. Good point, Phil. Good point. Sticking up for him is one thing, but we both know that the majority of loud ones love to do, and sadly, that overshadows you. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think fans, fans, fans get to, you know, because we look at, sometimes they get, this gets looked at like religion. Let's face it. It all gets, it gets looked at like religion. So naturally, you know, when you have somebody that's, that, that, that says some shit about your religion, you're going to like fight back against it. But I mean, to me, I'm trying not, I try not to look at it like religion. I just look at it as like, I like this. I like that. I like this. I like this director. I like that, you know? And, you know, and I enjoy these movies because I enjoy the superhero lore. Do I enjoy all of it? No, of course not. But at the same time, so it's like, I can agree that, yeah, there was a saturation at one point, when it came to all this, it got it, everything got a little too bloated, and 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 now we're seeing the effects of that. The fact that people are not flocking to the movies and flocking to the streaming services to watch all this shit. Now things are dipping, and now when it came to Oppenheimer, Barbie, Super Mario Brothers, something that wasn't in the CBM category, people flocked to that because it was something different, and horror movies as well. So. It's all just a weird thing. But yeah, again, he comes from a different time period, you know, and he's going to say what he has to say. And I respect what he has to say. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, check out some questions on Twitter. And let's see. Let's also check on. Let's check on. I also posted on YouTube. The YouTube community to see what, uh, People had to say, yeah. Ah, man. So the Eagles won. That's good. I lost one of my games. I know that when it comes to fantasy. All right, where am I at here? Nope. There it is. Okay. Nope, nothing on, uh, looks like nothing on on uh, YouTube. That's weird. Okay. Because I did it differently on there, so it's like a little bit different. Hmm. And huh, I'm kind of wondering about that. All right, let's just go right to uh, the Twitter world here. Okay, we got uh, Brad, Brad Coran. The Expendables 4 just broke my heart. Man, but since uh, I go U.S. Oh, yeah, from uh, whatchamacallit. And Tony, uh, Tony Ja, Tony Ja are in it, thought I'd plug a much better Expendables-esque action movie they did, Triple Threat. On that note, favorite action movie with either Tony or... I mean, he's... Uh, it's... What's his name, right? From... Uh, um, what's it called? The What's it called? Is it, am I, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't know. My brain's not working, of course, as it naturally does not. Did he do the uh, what, what, the raid? There it is, the raid. God damn it! I kept on thinking, is it called the riot? The riot? Jesus Christ! 
I kept on going like, what the hell? I, I was trying to figure out what the hell the thing was called. I was like, the riot? Was it called the riot? I don't know why my brain was going to the riot. No, the raid. Yeah, I would say the raid for sure. Jesus. Eric, hey, Dave, deep question. Has there ever been an actor or filmmaker who's disgraced themselves so much that it severely affected your enjoyment of the stuff they're involved in? Or do you have the ability to separate? Yeah, I think I have. I think I have the ability to separate art from artist because obviously, you know, you got your Polanski, you got your, you know, those kind of people and you kind of go like, okay, I can, but you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I, I think I can, I, I am one of those people that could do that. But it could be a little difficult maybe at some um, some points, you know. Oh, so the Raid 2, the right? <laughs> Is that what it was called? No. They should call it, yeah. Uh, Adrian Woodbanks cast me as DCEU Robin. I mean, if it were to return. That's a nice suit. Oh, you made yourself a suit there. Or is that Photoshop? da 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 That's a cool little drawing right there, too. Cooper Knox, David Gore's interview with Josh Horowitz was very insightful, especially with the Man of Steel and DC stuff. I concur with that. Devon Mutter, hello, Dave. I'm a big fan of the Expendable movies. Have you seen the new one? I have not. Like, damn, that one is a bomb. Hard, uh, you think, people, action heroes from the, the past, and I just rewatched Iron Man 2. Have you, uh, no, Elon Musk was in it. Yeah, he is in it, isn't he? Yeah, at the race, right? He's like there. He has like one little cameo. That's crazy. And same person. Yeah, Elon Musk is an Iron Man too. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Darkness under the wind. Dave, question one. With the WGA strike now over and the SAG strike clearly ending soon, could we be in for a great era of, of 10 out of 10 content with everything releasing next year and beyond being worked on with no rushing from studios and written by people who know what they're given? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, only the editing process and, you know, VFX too. But, you, you know, I don't, I don't see, like, them doing any, like, reshoots for any of the movies that they might have... Because that's going to cost, obviously, money. But yeah, man, yeah, you might be right on that one. Question two, should we see the DCU's Batman passing the mantle? Would you want to see it get passed to Dick or Damien? I don't know. I think Batman could still be Batman and, and have Dick and Damien. Question three, if the finale of Ahsoka has Thrawn escaping, would you want to have the, this lead directly into the talked about Mando, Mondo film or the fourth season of Mondo? Yeah, I think it should. It's all supposed to be together, right? And they're leading into like one big movie with everybody. So why not? Mr. Nobody, Martin Scorsese is and will be one of the greats, but for the love of God, why does he have such a massive hate boner towards CBM? Just let it go, man. Has everyone forgot at one point he was supposed to direct Joker? His last films are on streaming and super long. Like, why? Well, they should be. I don't care that they're long. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that they're long. You know, I get it. The Irishman is like one of those is like, eh, I think I've only watched it twice. Yeah, I've only watched it twice. It's, you know, I mean, it's a great movie, but it's like, yeah, it's a little long. And it's a little, there's some things in there. I'm like, whoa. But hey, you know, I mean, he he did adapt to streaming, which is, 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 is interesting. So, uh, Coentrero, G, Dave, when will you have Zach back on the vodka stream? We'll see. Hopefully soon, before Rebel Moon, at least. 
so we could talk about that. Andrew Wellington, Dave, who's your favorite Batman? Batfleck. Also, do you think Batfleck will make an appearance in Aquaman 2? No, apparently he was cut out, even though they shot the scene. Yeah, my favorite Batman, of course, is Batfleck, which you guys know. Doug, John Campion and others think Superman Legacy will fail due poorly at the box office. Your thoughts? Yeah, it might. It might, but it might, uh, you know, but it might. I'm predicting it's going to be a middle ground. It's not going to be, it's going to be in the middle. It's not going to do a billion, but it's not going to flop either. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I think, I think there's going to be enough. I, I don't know. It's hard to determine, but you know, we'll see when it comes to that first trailer or teaser or whatever the hell. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see when it comes to that. But as of right now, when it comes to me, I don't think it'll flop, but I don't think it's going to do like a billion dollars. You know, I think James Gunn, his name does definitely have some pulls, especially, you know, with, I think, uh, what, Gardens of the Galaxy ended its box office run with, with like about 850 and it made a profit. And I mean, obviously they're going to be, when it comes to that trailer, when it comes to the trailer of uh, Superman Legacy, they're going to totally be like from James Gunn, the creator of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. And, you know, they're going to totally put that on there. That's how they'll try to sell it, which is fine because, you know, that trilogy did well. I don't like the second one all that much. The first one's great. Third one's great. It's like one of those things where it's like you sometimes, you know, when it comes to trilogies, the, the second one, could always be like the the best one, but when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy, it's the worst one. Um, first one I think is still my favorite. The third one still is like you know it's pretty crazy because I was like wow that got me freaking super emotional and everything. So yeah, so I I I think it has potential, but you know can't be a. We'll see. We'll see when it comes come to his prediction. But uh, I mean, if it ends up failing, that's then what are we gonna do? We're just gonna stop reboot everything again 100 percent. i don't know that's what i always find funny when it comes to uh the people who are like do want it to fail it's like okay so if it fails it's not like they're gonna be like hey zach can you come back i i, I think zach would be like he would do this he'd be like no oh, fuck you i ain't gonna come back and try to save your whatever i already did my thing i'm done and uh you know we'll do you know we'll do this because obviously that would be you know I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot, a lot riding on Superman Legacy, for sure. A lot riding on Superman Legacy. A lot. But hopefully it can make something decent. I just want to, I just want to, I just want a, a fun, fun, I gotta say the F word. I just want a pretty good Superman film. You know, we're having a Superman film. It's going to be something a little bit different. I want it a little bit different, but I just want a good Superman film. That's all I ask for. I think that's what a lot of us ask. Dude, just ask for that. Nothing wrong with that, right? All right, guys. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Wow, this one went on for a bit. But hey, a lot to talk about. Tell you what. Make sure you uh, hit that like, thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Do all that. And, uh, you know, new format is kind of happening right now where I don't... I'm just going to do one Film Junkie Live a week. I'm going to test it out again. But if you want to be part of the Wednesday stream, I do a members-only stream. I did a members-only stream last week, did about 45 minutes, and it's more personal, and you can pick my brain. So uh, be a member, you know, become a member. You know, it's only like two bucks a month. Want to do that? Become a member, and uh, 
and uh, you know we'll do a Wednesday stream so as of right now unless something crazy happens we're gonna do it like that I'm gonna change my banner to where I just have it where it's like hey Monday film junkie live members only Wednesday you know so I think that's what I'm gonna do right now because you know with things slow and whatnot I think that's just like the way to go right now and, and it'll relieve some you know some things when it comes to me so anyways guys love ya um, like I said hit that like thumbs up do all that and uh, yeah guys I'll see you guys like I said members I'll see you guys on Wednesday and then of course if there is something I'll do a, a film junkie live but as of right now I'll just see you guys you members on uh, Wednesday and then see everybody else on the vodka stream on Friday and I'm gonna change the time on that too uh, I think so anyways guys love ya Talk to you later.